0: Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I'm also the founder of the Menopause Charity. In addition, I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Clinic here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today I have a guest with me who has appeared twice before, so this is a bit of a world record for me, this is her third appearance on my series and so I'm really delighted to reintroduce to you Emma Ellis-Flint, so hi Emma. Hey, hi Louise. (laughs) So as many of you know, Emma is a nutritionist and also a chef and she's been working with me for quite a while now, actually, not long after my clinic opened, she started working. But we decided we would do a podcast now really to talk about losing weight and also not putting on weight during lockdown. So we're recording this now in the beginning of February 2021. And for the vast majority of us, certainly in the UK, we're very restricted in what we can do because of coronavirus. And we're all getting a bit fed up and we're more fed up because it's dark, it's cold. You know, we don't know quite how the future is going to be. And so a lot of people are comfort eating um, and a lot of people are just a bit more sluggish as well. And actually when when your mood's low, you think, what the hell, I'm just going to have another takeaway. I'm just going to... Reach for the biscuits or whatever. So I need Emma. We all need Emma in our lives <laughs> because one of the things I've learned from Emma is that you can really enjoy food, and I always do enjoy food. But every time I watch Emma on her Instagram, she's just making these gorgeous recipes, and I, I just think I want to be in Emma's kitchen. I want to her hear, I want her <laughs> cooking for me all the time. But your enthusiasm of food is just fantastic, Emma. So can we just have your brain for half an hour, please, to make us feel <laughs> happier about what we eat?
1: yeah absolutely really thanks for that (laughs) the thing here is I completely agree with you great introduction even I was feeling it this last January this last month with lockdown has been very much a bit depressing a bit blah Mm. and all my girlfriends I speak to have put on a bit of weight or at least they've become very kind of they haven't moved around. Those that even exercise normally quite a bit have even stopped doing that a lot. And the whole thing in it then it's the cycle of just sort of downward spiral. So let's talk about this. And I think first of all I want to actually not rather than get into specific foods, I want to talk about habits because to be honest, it's really about habits here. And now we're at the very beginning of February. I think it's just a fantastic time. I love that feeling. I almost feel, along with the buds in the gardens, on the trees or wherever, I almost feel like there's just a little micro amount of optimism creeping in here. And so I think habits are extremely important. And there are some great habits that might be big or little for someone to really start thinking about adopting and the absolute first one is evening evening eating or evening drinking mm. I wonder if a person listened to this if they can just be honest with themselves and think about what do they do let's say they're eating an evening meal I don't know what time that is everyone's evening meal varies and what are they doing after that evening meal are they then just sort of quickly sorting themselves out or their kids out or something like that. And then they plonking themselves in front of the TV. And do they have a little snack beside them? Or do they mm. sort of so you know, think, oh, I wouldn't mind eating something. Oh, let me go and grab, you know, something or other. Or mm. oh, have they had a a drink, alcoholic drink or something, say with their evening meal? And does that creep on into the evening? Oh gosh, it's locked down, it's miserable, oh I'll just have another one. It's it's this habit. Mm. And It could be easy to break. It could be hard to break. I can't help individual people listening to this. But this habit is absolutely crucial to many things. And it's not just about weight loss or weight balance. It's actually also about how you feel the next day or how much energy you've got. And this is why that time in the evening, when you've had your evening meal, hopefully you've been satisfied from it. And you've got into the evening and anything you eat then in the evening, it's just going to go to fat in your body. It's not going to be metabolized and used up, it's going to go to fat, it'll be much more likely to be deposited as fat than if you ate extra, say in the morning or something like that. So the same kind of Let's say I hate calories, but let's say calories amount. If you eat it in the evening, it's going to go to fat in your body. If you eat it in the morning, it's less likely to. So that's the first thing. But also that even eating means that your body has to continue to digest. And that's hard work. And actually, it means that when you wake up the following morning, it's more likely you're going to wake up with less energy or just not wake up so vital because you're kind of creeping on that digestion which means that digestion is creeping on into your sleep time and actually that's not good so it doesn't help at all with with the kind of energy and, and helping you clear your head the following day especially the alcohol of course but also with that fat gain or loss
0: yeah and I think that's so important is it because I think a lot of people say well I'm I'm eating really well and their actual meals are really good yes yeah. it is that yeah. whole and I think a lot of people at the moment think well I deserve a treat because I've got through yet another day of this miserable life and it's always sort of seeing food as a reward isn't it and a, you yeah. know and I actually sometimes feel better about myself because I haven't had an evening snack rather than feeling bad because I have and yeah there's nothing worse than making yourself feel bad about food because it gives yeah. all this negativity doesn't it and it should be absolutely well I mean I, I often snack on nuts and I'm really bad because I, I have this sort of routine almost I eat my lunch and then I always have some nuts almost like as a dessert but it's like this whole thing but I don't mind because like it's in the middle of the day but if I did it after my evening meal I would then feel quite guilty that I've just eaten something that I didn't really need. Yeah. But I don't want to deny myself nuts because I think they're good. So, yeah. It is choosing when you can have your treat or your snack or whatever, isn't it? I think maybe is important okay so i mean i feel like this is almost scripted louise because you have
1: (laughs) segued into my next point so beautiful (laughs) oh my god we we should do this more often actually no actually this is the third time so perhaps we're doing (laughs) it well anyway so this is the point so here we go into snacks so if someone generally wants to lose weight i'd say to them don't snack Mm. if they love something sweet. you know, maybe you can do that, but attach it to a meal. So let's mm. say you're saying after lunch you might have some extra nuts. That's fine, actually. That's absolutely fine. If you attach it to a main meal, it's fine. It's when in the middle of the afternoon or the middle of the morning or in the evening, you then go and snack. That snack is more likely to go to fat gain mm. to go to that abdominal fat than if you attached it to your meal, it just is the way your body digests the way it uses, The fats, the protein, the carbs in your meal. And also, it gives your body that relief from digestion between the main meals, which actually enhances your metabolism overall. So, Mm. so it's actually okay. So, if you want something sweet, say, I don't know, some dried fruit or something, don't have it as a snack mid afternoon, have it straight after your lunch that sort of thing so attach it to a main meal and it's then just going to lead to a lot less to the fat gain or it's going to lead to sort of fat loss in fact so it's much better so It's just trying to avoid this kind of snack mentality. I'm actually not sure where it came about. No, but it's huge, isn't it? I think um, it's massive. It came from research, I think. You know, this whole balancing the blood glucose thing where I'll have five small meals, you know. Yeah, I
0: think there's that. And then there's also children, you know, my children, when they were going to school, my youngest daughter takes a snack to school. And I usually make something, and it's in the freezer, so it's it's usually something sweet. So it's biscuits or a a little cake, a cupcake, or some flapjack or something like that, and obviously they're not allowed nuts in school. And I keep saying to her, what do other people take? Because I always feel that I'm sort of the bad (laughs) mother or not doing the right thing. She said, oh, no, they're the packets crisps or... You know, and I'm like, what? Every day they're having a packet of crisps as a snack. They don't think about that, and and then a snack when they come home from school because they're hungry, and then their supper, and then a snack before they go to bed. You can see how it just gets into this habit, and then your poor gut microbes don't know what they're doing because they're not having time Yet. to replicate or do anything. And right, like you say, I think to go to bed, we all know we have to rest our brains and our body, but we don't think about resting our guts in the same way absolutely I think once you realize it's a living there's living organisms in our guts that need looking after and we've spoken about this obviously we've done a podcast before about gut microbes and how important that is to boost and have your good bugs but actually it's not just because they'll help you with your metabolism but they help you with your mental health as well and any way we can boost our mental health with our food especially at the moment that's got to be a good thing hasn't it this is it. So this is the other thing. So our mood plays a big, big
1: factor in in what we eat and what we choose to eat, the foods that we choose. And there's a lot of self-talk going on. Oh, I'll just give this to myself because it's a reward or, or maybe it'll even make me feel better or whatever your self-talk is. So that's not helpful, in fact. But you're absolutely right about the mood. The mood is fundamental, in fact in that positivity that goes with eating well and eating well in your timings. And then there's this link that you're talking about, the link between keeping your gut microbes well-fed and healthy and your gut in a good place and also your mood. And it's in the correlations there now, fortunately in science, the research is backing it up. What we feed ourselves and what we feed our gut microbes affects Mm. our well-being, and our mood and our health. And it doesn't just mean fermented foods are fabulous they're fabulous they're not for everyone though there's a small percentage of the population that actually can't tolerate fermented foods but most people can so they're fabulous mostly but there's also all those foods that also feed the goat gut microbes What so it's termed as pre-biotic foods they're also fabulous and most people need more of those and they're generally plant foods mm. it's as simple as that it's eating more plant foods i mean there's really specific ones garlics onions cauliflower leeks broccoli, beech those sorts of foods. However, some people can't tolerate all of them. That's, once again, a small percentage of the population. So that's fine. They don't eat those. They eat other plant foods that they can tolerate. But most people can. So it's about doing that and... If you start focusing on that and anyway, eating more plant foods, you've got less room for the rubbish foods. And it's most likely you're starting to make your own meals because you're focusing on that. And if there's less room for that processed food, Your body is just going to feel so much better anyway. So along comes this weight balance anyway without you even barely thinking about it.
0: Yeah, no, it's so important. So one of the things I was going to ask you and pick your brain. So most of us are stuck at home working. Our children are around. They're not at school. And so that's another meal we've got to think about. But we've got to do a meal really quickly. So for me, I literally have 10 minutes, sometimes less between you know meetings or consultations, but then I've got three hungry children and sometimes my husband around. So you know it would be very easy for me to just give them some a sandwich every day of some sort of bought bread with some cheese, and that's it. That's your lot, you know, a packet of crisps. Well, actually, I don't do that. We don't have crisps in our house, and we don't have that sort of bread. But give us some inspiration, Emma. What is a really easy things for teenagers, and you know, because they eat more than than I do and also younger children. It's just, I find lunch hardest, actually. So have you got any good tips?
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have. And teens as well. Teens tend to want more carbs than perhaps we as adults, but that's still okay. You can do it. So either I tend to suggest someone always makes extra vegetables in the evening. And so they put them in the fridge. So they've got this kind of cooked veggies in the fridge they might make extra say you're using brown rice or something in the evening you've got extra brown rice in the fridge as well as long as brown rice is kept cold in the fridge and it's only like say 24 hours old then it's actually safe to use and then what i tend to do in easy one is i just throw them all into a fry pan together with some extra virgin olive oil and make like this kind of um warm rice salad it, it takes minutes mm. takes minutes and for the for the kids I just add I mean the extra virgin olive oil so it's more of like a like a fried rice yes fried rice with a little bit of onion spring onions because they're quicker to cook rice thrown in some leftover veggies just tossed through so they can kind of like you know they it's in there and we know it's being healthy extra veggies for me more rice for them that sort of thing and then I would just Literally, I'd fry maybe a couple of eggs or an egg and I'd pop it on top, and maybe Mm. like a crispy fried egg fried in extra virgin olive oil. And it's easy. You know, if they like a little bit, you can add a bit of a chili sauce on top of that if you want. If you want chili, you can add Worcestershire sauce if you want, you know, something like that, soy sauce definitely add you know ginger if you want just quickly grate it in if you want that gingeriness that doesn't even take 10 minutes to make it really doesn't and it's based on having it in the fridge definitely that's one of my favorites sometimes I get I literally pick up a couple of veggies that are like really simple veggies so I get a cabbage I just really kindly finely shave it once again I get spring onions if this is lunchtime rather than onions because they're quicker to cook I get some green leaves and I just chop them in a big fry pan and I fry them off quickly and they just wilt in a second mm. if you finally cut the, the cabbage up and that's a really really easy one and then I get some maybe pre-cooked chicken then I'd shred it in there and I might open a can of just some lentils drain it off and I t- toss it in there mm. and for the kids if you serve it in like a bowl as if it's kind of like just an easy with a fork easy meal and it's warm and you're adding kind of a flavor that's a little bit salty it tends to help and they they really like it then I mean I use soy sauce quite often or if a gluten-free soy if someone can't tolerate regular soy and that's really that's just a really easy one as well with the shredded chicken there's some protein obviously crumbled up tofu is just great as well some kids like it some don't that's another great yeah. one so it's being prepared is really good isn't it Did, can you freeze rice once it's cooked absolutely so you cook up lots freeze it off in portions in little snap lock bags mm. it's just totally easy and it's really great and you can get it out and you can kind of almost crumble it in its frozen state into a pan and go for your life and you can add nuts and seeds to that as well my kids like crunch I haven't got teenage kids at home anymore but as they were growing up we do this kind of quick stir-fried ricing and we put lots of nuts and season for crunch and I loved that
0: yeah I mean I'm, my daughter's going to university next year and the, well this this year now in, in September so she's now thinking about how to cook and so she's yeah. got a student cookbook and she's just doing something frying some mushrooms with garlic and um, then adding some creme fraiche and putting it in a jacket potato and yeah. um, sprinkling some herbs yeah. on top and she's going mommy this is really easy and it's and she said well this would be really expensive I said no actually it's dirt cheap yeah you know mushrooms are cheap and uh some crème fraîche or some cream or you know whatever's there or some mascarpone or some cream cheese or anything really just Absolutely. and then she grated some cheddar on top so you know it's it yeah yeah that's right so I think Because it is expensive. You know, my food bill's gone up with the children being at home. Of course it has. But it's trying to be wise on how you spend the money. And I mean, I always cook twice of what I need and then freeze it because then that's another meal that I'm not thinking about. That's exactly it, it. It's having to be really organized. And it's so crucial now. And especially at the end of the day, you just say, oh, I don't feel like cooking. But then if you don't cook, you can't eat. But you want to have something that's easy.
1: Yeah, that's right. And the more you cook yourself and the less takeaways or processed food or food that other some other big conglomerate has made, the more you have your own food, actually, in fact, the more your weight will balance. It's, it's actually it's completely statistically proven. Mm. The less of that processed food you eat, the more you will have a, that balanced abdominal fat. And it's really good. I was just going to come back to like student food and that sort of thing. And kids, because you wanted a quick meal for lunch. I mean, that was why I mentioned what I did. But do you know what? That humble sweet potato or, you know, big jacket potato, white potato. It was absolutely Mm. fantastic food. If you can kind of think an hour before lunchtime to put it in the oven. So a whole mm. sweet potato in its skin is just gorgeous. Open mm. it up, mash it with extra virgin olive oil, salt and pepper. And yes, just fry up quickly, fry off some mushrooms, true. Or you can even open a can of sort of some legume or pulse and chickpeas or something and put that in a fry pan really quickly with some spring onions and some garlic and open a bit of a can of tomatoes. And you get like a tomatoy, quick mm. tomatoy bean, Warming dish, and you by all means, you know, then grate over cheese over the top, or or tear up some sort of soft fresh cheese, something like that. It's just really easy and really tasty. Yeah,
0: and I think it is. We it's having warm food is really nice. I roasted some butternut squash recently, and I scooped out the inside and added some cheese and also some nuts. Actually, I chopped some nuts and put it. It was a Ravens recipe, and put it back in the oven for a little bit. And it's something about this sort of warm texture that it's just really lovely so but also just thinking about bread so I mean I often think back I was born in 1970 so I grew up in the 70s and no one was fat then everyone was just a normal weight no very few overweight people but we had bread we had cereal in the morning we had butter we had full fat milk but we didn't have any processed food, obviously. And I'm thinking back about the bread because we used to, I don't know if you remember, but we used to have different colours for the plastic that would seal the bread and it would be different colour for different day of the week. And so the bread would come out of date really quickly. So after two days, you'd know you probably wouldn't want a sandwich out of it, but it might be okay in the toaster. Whereas now, bought bread just seems to last forever. So there must be a difference in the bread that we ate then and now. And I've actually got a bread maker that I was bought, oh, I don't know, 20-odd years ago when they first came out. But it still goes and actually, the children being at home, I've been using it. And, you know, it's got a teaspoon of sugar, teaspoon of salt in the recipe, and just some bread flour and I mix it with some my children would have white bread every day but I don't. I put in wholemeal flour, sometimes with some seeds and and the yeast and some butter and water that's all it is yeah so that's got to be better hasn't it than the bought bread yes i mean
1: the bought bread is proved really fast and you're right they put a few little like kind of preservatives and things in that to keep it fresher longer Mm. and generally speaking your homemade bread is better but there are some bought breads you can get that are great that are just those ingredients that you just listed and that's all they are and yeah they will go off faster the thing with with bread i don't know what flour you use but white flour generally is it might be okay for a sort of you know an active child or something running around a lot but white flour for an adult for instance is just a, a useless kind of calorie it's not going to give you any nutritional value and if it's going to fill you up as opposed to having extra sort of vegetables or something like that or extra legumes or pulses or whatever it is, I would much rather a person didn't have the bread and had this this other food, the plant food, mm. vegetables, for instance, and really filled off on that. Because after all, this is about weight loss or weight balance. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's important to think about that. You know, where are you getting your energy from in your food? What's filling you up most? Is it white flour products? And if it is, try and swap them out and get mm. some products that have a lot more fiber in them and a lot more nutrients that also are going to fill you up. And it's just great to sort of really have a hard look at that because those
0: white flour products nutritionally ju- are just a waste of time. They're not providing anything. No. So sometimes patients will um, you know, because a lot of people are very addicted to bread. They you know bread is something they have all the time. And so sometimes I'll say, Well, have an open sandwich, don't have the top. You yes, know, so you're having half the top. And seeing what you're you're eating, and it is the variety isn't it but it doesn't mean that you have to have fresh organic vegetables every day I love the way you're saying no. opening a tin and so for a lot of people think oh my goodness but you know opening a tin of something is absolutely fine but also yeah. having some dried products as well so lentils are actually yeah. cheaper aren't they if you buy a lot and then you cook them yes. um, so it's being clever isn't it so that you're having a variety but it doesn't mean you have to go out shopping every single day you can absolutely you know stock up on a lot of things can't
1: you yeah no that's exactly right so but funny enough often when you start cooking yourself at home if you start using sort of legumes and pulses say from dried and you like I just get a bag of chickpeas w- dried which are cheap as chips actually although that phrase is funny isn't it anyway <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah. cheap as chips anyway <laughs> um just a ba- bag of dried chickpeas and I soak them all the whole lot overnight pop them in a big Saucepan with lots of water, boil them up till they're cooked, and then I freeze them in portions. It's mm. just really inexpensive. It's a bother to do it just initially, but it actually pays off because it lasts for several weeks. So yes. it's fantastic, and you're absolutely right. And those sort of things work well onions, garlic, tin tomatoes, usually, you know, the basics here, but just just any old greens that you don't have to get the, all the little bags of baby spinach, which is more expensive. You just get a big mm. bunch of, of fairly cheap greens that's in season. And that's actually really good. All of those basic ones, courgettes or broccoli. Don't go for the kind of imported fancy ones. Don't go for the ones out of season. Just go for what's fresh in season. Mm. And just sort of just base a meal around them. And you can really layer it up and the nuts and seeds you can buy them online in bulk if you want they're much cheaper online than buying them in the little packets from the supermarkets much cheaper store them in the freezer if you're worried about their longevity because nuts and seeds can go off and go around and sit quite fast but and do it like that it's really worth it it makes a big difference actually it's fantastic yeah
0: so buying in bulk because nuts are very expensive in supermarkets they are really, they? Expensive. really expensive
1: yeah <laughs> in this country they're outrageously expensive Funny mm. enough I'm not sure why, but it's all these little packets of them. I suggest you go online and do that and buy it in a bigger packet and store them sort of in the cold place and then they last much longer, which is fantastic. Um, drinks, let's come back to drinks. Mm. Drinks can be a way that a person can bring in more like energy, you know, within they actually need. So it comes in and we're not sure, we don't notice it. I mean, this the obvious stuff is sugar in drinks. That's not beneficial to that kind of fat loss or fat balance, but you know people are, have got quite used to these days having their like the latte or their kind mm. of um, you know quite milky coffees, for instance. And actually, they're having a lot of milk, and it depends how they're having their milk. If they're having skimmed or semi-skimmed or or regular. That's actually an area where they could cut out in their drinks, and it depends. What else is going on in their drinks? Maybe they are having, let's come back to that alcohol again. Maybe they're just as a habit having alcohol each night and they think they, it gets them through. And I just really challenge that habit and that thought process. If mm. they are serious about losing weight, then giving up alcohol for a while or choosing an evening a week or something to drink alcohol is going to make a huge difference to that weight loss
0: yeah because it is so many hidden calories in in alcohol but also there's now all the other drinks that are zero calorie or sugar-free or whatever but actually there's still it's not better just to have water isn't it yeah water or flavored water with lemon yeah when we're sitting at our desk it's very easy to think I don't want water I don't want another tea or whatever so the you know having all these sweetened drinks whether they're with sugar or with something else the something else is actually worse because it will just get converted in the body won't it the body doesn't know what it is it's some chemical oh that's right it actually really disturbs your body because it thinks what on earth it is and actually it's been proven
1: now that it disturbs your gut microbes they also go what is that that's not real funny enough in you know research when they look at the effect on glucose levels and they don't can't explain this but weirdly sugar-free you know artificially sweetened drinks still has an effect on blood glucose levels elevates it because i guess it has a connection to what we taste on our tongue and the messages it sends Therefore,
0: perhaps, I don't know, I'm only guessing, to the
1: pancreas to release insulin. I I just don't understand. It's interesting.
0: I don't think people really know, but there's also some evidence that they can stimulate appetite as well. So when they've given busy drinks or these sweetened drinks to children, they've gone and eaten a lot more. So it stimulates lots of receptors in our brains as well, isn't it? And I think food is seen as a reward for many people but it's also can be highly addictive as well so it's very easy for us to sit here and say oh yes you should eat this and you shouldn't eat that but actually sugar is very addictive so it can be very difficult and i did a podcast recently with amanda thebe who you might know who's lives in america but she was saying let's not think about taking something away from our diet let's add something and i really like that actually so let's not be listening to this podcast thinking my goodness may I, I've got to stop having a fizzy drink let's think what I can add so could I have a herbal tea could I have some more water to drink and then that fizzy drink will slowly disappear but do it that way around yeah and I I don't know what you think but I quite like that
1: yeah no I absolutely do and I always say to people add more plant food to your diet mm. when you're thinking about what am I going to eat in the evening and yes it might be a family meal but for you personally if you if that person's serious about the fat loss you know, think about vegetables first. What interesting, tasty vegetables am I to put on my plate where that plate's pretty well full of those good veggies. And what I mean, add, as in add in more plant food. So I think it's just really mm. fundamental. I love that attitude as well. We haven't even touched on diets and I'm not going to except for, I want to say something here because it's funny enough, it's not about the diet. It's about all these other things that we talked about habits, especially. But there is one interesting Literally just released January this year, a research, a double-blind placebo, you know, gold-standard research, which was so fascinating. Looking at low-carbohydrate diets versus plant-based, lower-fat diets. So, low-carb diets tend to be kind of sometimes called high-protein diets, high-fat diets, where you're taking almost all carbs out of what you're eating, and then the other types of diets are high-fiber diets which tend to have lower fat. And if you are having fat, it needs to be unsaturated fat, preferably in my case, extra virgin olive oil. And they they put these two groups on these, they weren't even diets. They asked them to eat however much they liked and they actually provided all the food, good, fresh food. And they did two weeks on each way of eating. And it came out that both groups lost a bit of weight, but the ones that ate the plant-focused foods actually... Overall, eight less calories each day mm-hmm. because it came down to what you, if you look at your plate, if you imagine your plate and you want to fill up your plate because we as humans like to see our plate full, which is another thing entirely. So, if you tend to overfill your plate, well, just have a smaller plate. Anyway, that's another thing to think about. But if you fill your plate up with plants and vegetable foods, then the density, i.e., in the calories, I guess, of that literally what you can physically eat is going to be less or if your plate Mm. is full of meat like bacon or cream or sausages or lots of fats which is that high protein way of eating and some vegetables then of course it's going to be denser denser in the literally the energy from the food so they found that quite interesting but both works for some people it's just Mm. what suits that person and ultimately I think comes down to what we were talking about at the beginning which is actually habits about timing your meals and I think that actually is far more effective than almost what you're eating.
0: Yeah really really brilliant we could talk for hours but it's been really interesting so it's all about timing it's all about what we eat plant-based food and it's about feeling good and positive and if we can get as much as we can out of our food which will keep us healthy and positive and active that's got to be good so I really appreciate you going through this today Emma but before I go I just want three take-home tips from you so three really quick easy ways of there's no easy quick way of losing weight but a sort of easy way to start that journey for those people that really want to try and lose some weight what would you say okay okay
1: Louise I think that evening is the key thing is once you finish your evening meal feel full and satisfied from it And then don't have anything else except for, say, water or herbal teas in the evening. If you feel temptation, then move away from that association, that habit that is temptation. I love what Lizelle said recently. She talked about snacking. And she said, instead of snacking on food, snack on exercise. And I'm thinking in the evening, if you feel that temptation coming on, just go and run around your house or go and run around your garden or go if you live in an apartment. Just Do some running on the spot or whatever it takes, just kind of get that out of your head, that kind of habit, break that habit of wanting to grab something in the evening to eat. I think your body will just really love you for it, whether you want to lose weight or not. It just is amazing. The other one is there's just there's no getting away around it. If you're serious about wanting to lose fat, then don't drink alcohol. I can't even expand on that any further. It just is what it is if you're serious about it don't drink alcohol that's the thing and I think the third thing is try whatever possible to eat your own food as in make your own food however simple it is it doesn't have to be complex just make your own food if you can um, because that way you're always going to be on a winner it's just so much better than the processed meals or the takeaway meals for your health and also funny enough for that sort of fat balance fat loss it's always better so plant focused if you can adding a lot more vegetables but certainly make your own keep it kind of focused on that if you can make your own meals yeah
0: brilliant great advice and for any of you that don't follow emma start following her on instagram and she'll give you lots of inspiration as well (laughs) so thanks ever so much for your time today i really appreciate it emma thank you okay thanks For more information about the perimenopause and menopause, you can go to my website menopausedoctor.co.uk or you can download our free app called Balance available through the App Store and Google Play.